Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome into this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie once again filling in for WB, who is continuing to rest his vocal cords as he's still recovering from a little bit of laryngitis. So he is talking uh, just a little bit, but still not enough that he can join us this week for another exciting episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But he does hope to join us yet again next week. Hopefully we are crossing our fingers that our fearless leader will join us once again next week. But in the meantime and in between time, I am here in the captain's chair. And as we bring you another exciting episode of Southern Race Week Radio, as we bring you the latest news in racing and information that you need to know about the world of NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, as well as grassroots racing. We bring it all for you here every week on Southern Race Week Radio. And as always, we have another jam-packed episode of some of the best guests we can grab, and we'll hear from them throughout the hour here on a Southern Race Week Radio. And don't forget about the podcast as well. That's right. A podcast is available for you every Monday, uh, Southern Race Week Radio. So, for instance, this program that you're listening to right now on the radio will be a podcast on Monday, and you can get it at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So reach out to one of those podcast locations. Go to the search, type in Southern Race Week. You will find us. And while you're there, we really appreciate it. You could subscribe to the podcast as well. And we're also available for you on social media. You can follow the program on Twitter at SRW Radio. And you can also follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network. And you can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And we're also available for you on Facebook. So go on over and like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And always we bring you the latest in racing news and information on our Twitter and Facebook pages as well. So we really appreciate you. Head on over there and check that out. And I got to tell you, I had a blast watching the uh, Bristol Dirt Race uh, last weekend on Fox and FS1. Now, a couple of years ago, they did this experimental dirt race for the first time at Bristol Motor Speedway. And unfortunately, the weather did not really cooperate all that well. It rained pretty much the entire weekend last weekend for the dirt race, uh, last year, I mean. So we didn't know what was going to happen this year. Hopefully the weather held out. Now, we did have a couple of, of rain delays during the race, but for the most part, the weather cooperated, and we saw some great racing in the truck series as well as the Cup Series race as well for the first time on Easter Sunday. Uh, NASCAR hasn't done that in quite some time. So uh, hopefully we'll see how the television numbers come out. I'll probably have that information uh, for you in just moments because one of the people we will be talking to here this week on the program is Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network. He was on site calling all the action from Bristol Motor Speedway. So we'll get his thoughts and recap all the action from Bristol Motor Speedway last weekend. Also, we'll be speaking with another driver in the Accelerate Her program, courtesy of Bush Light. Melissa Fifield, who is a driver in the NASCAR Wheeland Series, uh, she'll be joining us here for the first time on Southern Race Week Radio to talk about her career and how the Accelerate Her program from Bush Light has been helping her this season. And then also another first-time guest, another driver, this one in the Cars Tour Series, Jansen Marchbanks, uh, will be joining us as well to kind of give us uh, some information about his rookie season in the Car Tour Series. So we've got another uh, jam-packed episode uh, Southern Race Week Radio for you coming up. So just sit back, relax, enjoy the great entertainment we've got lined up for you this week on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio 
podcast. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. They're coming up on that lap traffic again, both up on the top side of the racetrack. Briscoe is there. The white flag is out at Bristol. Can Reddick hold on for one more lap? Cody Ware gives them the top. They'll use it. Tyler Reddick, less than a quarter of a car length. Briscoe takes a peek to the inside. They're off two. Battling into turn three. Briscoe dives to the bottom of the racetrack, side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does a 360. So does Briscoe. It's going to go to the third place car as they come back to the start finish line and that's going to be it looks like Kyle Busch will win this race as they spin out on the last lap. Reddick spinning out, taking out Chase Briscoe, and Kyle Busch comes from nowhere and gets the win. And that's how it sounded in the Performance Racing Network from Doug Rice and many of the others calling the action from the Bristol Motor Speedway this past weekend for the Bristol Dirt Night Race uh, that just took place over the weekend. A very exciting weekend of racing there at the Bristol Motor Speedway. And uh, on the uh, Food Depot hotline right now, joining us is the man who called the end of the race right there for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Doug Rice. Well, thanks so much. You know, it, I didn't know what I had said until I heard the call back because it happened so fast. You know, things happen fast at Bristol. It was just sort of stream of conscience. There was just so much going on so fast there at the end of that. Oh, it was crazy. And I mean, an exciting finish there at Bristol Motor Speedway for that one. And Kyle Busch there uh, uh, coming out there with a victory at a track that he's, uh, I mean, a lot of the drivers kind of had their opinions about whether it was Good racing, bad racing. We'll touch on that in just a minute. But uh, what an exciting finish and what an exciting weekend of racing there at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway for the uh, dirt race uh, uh, under the lights at Bristol this year uh, on Easter Day weekend. So um, uh, exciting racing, Doug. So for the listeners who might not have an opportunity to catch up and read and saw what the action there, recap for us uh, just how exciting that, that race was. Well, I mean, you get down to the end of it and those two drivers, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe, had the best cars. They were the class of the field. And I and I think Kyle Busch was probably somewhere around the third best car. And toward the end, you, you had those two break away. And anytime you get that, dirt, pavement, mile and a half, half mile, uh, that sets you up for a dramatic finish. Of course, Tyler Reddick's trying to get his first ever win. Briscoe's fighting for his second. Kyle Busch wants to break this long losing streak. So, so many things in play there. Uh, I will say this. I did not feel like last year we went up there and there were a lot of problems. All we talked about was the track and the dust and the ruts and you name it. And that's all we got to. This time we didn't have that. You know, I mean, what that, yeah, there were some issues, especially on the start. They didn't run the track in like they should have. And they had mud and everybody had to pit. They sort of anticipated that. But we did not spend our broadcast talking an inordinate amount about the condition of the racetrack or what was going on. And I feel like that was a big step in the right direction. And a kind of a thing you don't normally see there at the finish was the a conversation between the two drivers there uh, instead of punches thrown. And it was great because it was on the Fox television broadcast. So you were able to see it and, and they were, you, they were, you listened into the conversation and just a lot of apologizing, a lot of discussion. Um, normally you don't see that. You usually see a couple of fisticuffs and some crew members getting involved. But what, what were your thoughts there on the finish as the two gentlemen were, were talking it out there at the end? Tyler Reddick's a real chill guy. I was surprised at the level of civility 
but I was not surprised that they didn't wind up rolling around in the mud, which I'm glad. We don't need that kind of show. You know, every now and then, it's good. Every now and then, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, let's do that. That's fun. But you don't you don't need a constant diet of that. I was okay with it. Those guys like each other, and I'll give Chase Briscoe a lot of credit. He walked right over, and he said, if he punches me, he punches me, but I'm going to go apologize. It was kind of gentlemanly to see them, the two of them, especially two young cats who are just uh, possibly the future of the sport, being able to talk it out, work it out. And not have it get to some, you know, crazy situation where you have officials and people diving over each other to try to break up a, a fisticuff fight. Well, you kind of compare that to the Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer oh. brouhaha. And, you know, there's really not any comparison. So good on those guys for keeping their cool. Speaking with Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network, you can also listen to him on Mondays on Fast Talk. Also on the Performance Racing Network, go to goprn.com to listen to that podcast and also their YouTube channel if you want to watch the program as well. Now, Bristol has already announced that they will be doing dirt again next year. No date has been announced yet as far as when that will take place. I know listening to a lot of the interviews, you had people who, who thought the track was great, that it was a lot racier than last year. You still had some of the veteran drivers who didn't seem to really like it. Kyle Busch is saying that basically he's taking the sport back a little bit. And I was looking at the TV numbers, and the TV numbers were absolutely great. Bigger, I think that these are the best numbers that they've had for this particular Bristol race. Your thoughts on the track and, and well, this race the, weekend? The TV numbers were great. They were the best Bristol spring TV numbers since 2016. That's a huge measuring stick in our sport. That's more important than ticket sales, to be honest. And there, were, there was a really healthy crowd there. I think one dirt race a year is fine. I think the novelty act of it and the fact that it gives us another discussion point is something the sport can benefit from. I mean, what did we hear for 20 years, Al? Oh, cookie-cutter tracks, mile and a half, don't need that, need more short tracks. And those same people saying, boy, wouldn't it be fun to do a dirt race? And we do a dirt race for two years, and there are people against that. And there are some media people that have taken it on as their role to be anti-dirt. And I, I don't understand that. The fans have said, we love it. I did a shift on Sirius Monday night after the race, and we probably took, I don't know, 20, 25 calls. Every one of them. Hey, loved watching it. I was there. Had a great time. I did not have the first fan, and trust me, people, you know this, will be negative if they can, go, don't need to do that. What a waste of time. Now, I know there are people out there that do that. I know that there are people that don't like whatever gets served. I, I understand that. But, and as far as drivers that are taking big issue with it, most of those guys don't know how to drive on dirt, so mm -hmm. they don't like it. I do think when we come back for that third dirt race, there will be more modifications to the cars. I mean, they've learned a lot in these first two years. They will probably take the windshields out of them because the dirt experts in NASCAR, the Kyle Larsons and the Briscoes and those folks have said, hey, they, you need to take the windshields out. We can we can do a screen. We can be safe. Nobody will get hurt. I think you'll see that and, and a couple of other changes and maybe a little bit of change to the track prep. But I find it odd that in the face of the public going, we like this, for some people on both sides of the fence, the driver's side and the media side, to say, we don't like it, so we don't, we don't want it anymore. Right. Now, but now, in all truthfulness, I work for the company that put the race on. So my view is skewed, absolutely. But I think I'd feel that way if I didn't work for the company. I think NASCAR is doing just a good job of sometimes thinking outside of the box and trying something different. And the TV ratings have definitely increased, not just for 
Bristol, but for a lot of the races that have been on the schedule so far that we've raced, what do you think the the numbers going up so high? Wh- why do you where do you credit that to? That's a very good question. It really is, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about. It. I think Fox has said overall after nine races their ratings are up seventeen, eighteen percent. That's a big jump. I mean that's that's a big jump, and that's important because that means you get to charge more for the advertising, and television is the engine that runs all of this. I mean, that's why we raced during the pandemic, because TV needed that to happen. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. One, I think the racing has been very intriguing. I think the L.A. Coliseum event uh, caught a lot of people's imagination. You know, they didn't ever think that we would be doing that. And there were people that, oh, can't do that. That's going to be horrible. It turned out it was really entertaining. People watched racing that had never watched a minute of stock car racing in their life. And I think that intrigues some people. I think the racing has been interesting. And I also think some of these new people that are winning are creating their own fan bases. I think Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick and Austin Sindrick and some of these younger guys, and, and, and I will put Kyle Larson in there, are creating fan bases. And I've said this before. We're not making any new Kyle Busch fans or Kevin Harvick fans or Denny Hamlin fans. If you're not a fan of them by now, you're not signing on to this sport to pull for them. And that's not a diss on them. Right. But, but they've been in this game for decades. You, you, you've had your chance. But you might like something that you see about Tyler Reddick or Cindric or some of these other younger guys or Chase Elliott even and say, okay, I can, I can pull for this person. And I think that's been part of it. But – I've been a little bit surprised. I feel like the sport's gone through a renaissance. I do think the L.A. Coliseum experiment had something to do with it and the fact that this new car has raced so well. I mean, you look at the first half dozen races of the year, and they they were from the Daytona 500 to Auto Club, which usually doesn't have a good show, had a great race. Las Vegas was fantastic. The new Atlanta Motor Speedway. I felt like it was just just mind-blowingly good. Uh, so I, I think there's a couple of factors at play there. Now, Mr. Rice, if our listeners want to keep up with the racing schedule for you guys, your broadcast times and all the programs you have available, where can they go to uh, find all that information and also keep up with what's going on with you, sir? Our network website is goprn.com. So our schedules, our live stream is on there. If you want to follow me, I'm at Riceman61 on Twitter and um, have a lot of fun with it. Well, Mr. Rice, we always appreciate you joining the broadcast. You're always a great friend of the show, sir. And we look forward to the next broadcast from the Performance Racing Network and also listen to Fast Talk every Monday on the Performance Racing Network's website as well as Facebook and, and YouTube. And then also you can occasionally hear Doug on the Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90 programming filling in throughout the weeks and the months as well. Uh, Mr. Rice, as always, we appreciate your time, sir. Uh, good luck to you for the rest of the season and all the coverage you'll have for PRN. And we'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. All right, Alfred. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for your support of PRN and NASCAR in general. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But we're very blessed and honored to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line coming to us from an undisclosed location somewhere in the great state of New Hampshire. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in a, a driver in the Whelan Modified Tour. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miss Melissa Fifey. 
Miss Fifefield, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. Well, we're really uh, honored and privileged to have you on the uh, program this week as one of the members of the Accelerator Program for Bush Light. But before we get into that and a little bit about your career and what you got going on right now, let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Where for you did the bug bit you that you wanted to become a, a driver in NASCAR? So I would say around the age of five, I uh, grew up having four-wheelers and snowmobiles and just developed a love for speed. And along with that, going to, you know, local racetracks and even uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway to watch the Modifieds. And it all just bit me there. And I didn't start till I was about 12. Took a little uh, convincing of my family. But uh, I would say about five, I developed a, a passion for racing and knew I wanted to be a race car driver. When you told your parents that this is the direction you wanted to do, that you wanted to be a driver, what was their reaction and how did they take it? I think they knew from bringing me to racetracks and just seeing my eyes light up whenever I you know, saw race cars and got to sit in them. They kind of knew, oh, dear, our daughter's going to be a race car driver. We're going we're gonna to get prepared and, you know, help her guide through this journey. And so it, my father is certainly uh, very excited and one of my uh, biggest supporters for sure. Now, one thing I did learn about you before we went on is that you're kind of a little bit of an entrepreneur. You seem to love to run businesses and, and make money and do things kind of on the side because you were telling me that you did a lot of work to kind of raise the money to do some of these things. So tell me about some of the jobs and some of the businesses you kind of did to kind of earn your money and, and do things to kind of help maybe start this business up for you of racing. Where kind of this entrepreneur bug kind of bit you as well? Yeah, so I knew uh, with starting out racing, Obviously, you need sponsors and, and everything else, but I knew I wanted to have my own businesses that were able to work well with racing. So around the age of 12, 13, I actually started a detailing business in my garage, which helped uh, you know fund my start in go-kart racing. And from there, I you know owned the race team and was able to guide through that journey. And then about three years ago, I opened a uh, car dealership in my town. So I've always had the entrepreneurial, you know, bug in me wanting to be able to have the freedom to be able to go racing, but have another way to create income for my, my racing and myself. Now owning a team is definitely difficult. I mean, driving alone is tough enough, but then to own the team, go after the sponsorship, kind of do all the behind the scenes things you need to do to get yourself out to the racetrack every week. And then you also own, like you said, a card business as well. So how are you able to balance everything out between racing and you're working and then also doing the things you need to do to for the team as well. So the great thing about my car dealership is I actually have my race team here at the business. So both of them work together. And I love the challenge of owning my own race team. I know it certainly is more of a challenge than being able to go drive for a team. I've got to, you know, get make sure all the paperwork's ready. Everybody's coming, get all of our schedules lined up, you know, set the race car up, make sure we have everything good to go on that. But I think it brings a new challenge and a new respect for the sport and being able to have my hands in really everything and all of the decisions. I love that part of it. It certainly is more challenging and you know, being able to have my own car dealership, I have that on the race cars and people are able to come in and when they're buying a car, I'm able to show them my race team and really who I am. So it's, it's, they work great together and I, I'm really so fortunate. 
Speaking with Wheeland Modified Tour driver Melissa Fifield here on uh, this week's edition of uh, Southern Race Week Radio. And uh, Bush Light has started this great program, Accelerate Her. And you're kind of telling me, like you mentioned, that you were a young girl kind of inspired to want to do this. But back, probably back when you were kind of getting into this, there weren't a lot of women probably in the sport that you probably looked up to or or thought could, that it'd be possible for you to do this. Now there's so many women in the sport. You're one of those women now that are a part of the Accelerate Her program by Bush Light. How does it feel to have Bush Light supporting you? Yeah, I mean, being part of the Accelerate Her program, you know, getting recognition for all of my hard work and pursuing the dreams is great. And, you know, I think it also shows to other women out there that, you know, they're able to do this and be have all of us role models for the sport. It's just really exciting to, you know, hopefully have the opportunity to be other role models for women that are up and coming. And it must be exciting for you when you go to races, you go to the track, you see more girls, more little girls at the track, probably approaching you, getting your picture taken, wanting an autograph, maybe talking to you, getting some advice, letting them, you know, letting them know that you're someone that they look up to. So for you as a, as a woman, young woman in this sport, and you have other little girls who look up to you and want to emulate you and be and do what you do. Yeah, I, I love being able to meet you know, other little girls and women out there that want to get into racing and being able to answer any questions that they may have. Um, I myself, I think I had an experience when I was younger at a meet and greet with fans with a a female driver. And I just remember her being so welcoming. And from there on, it was like, I want to be able to be that role model as well. And, And just that impact that had on my life when I was around five or six and know that, you know, I'm able to do that now. And and really help guide other other females into the sport. Now, you still are racing right now, and you still have some events coming up. So what, what's next on the calendar for you as far as uh, racing? Where, where, where will you be heading next? So our next race is on May 14th at Riverhead Raceway in uh, Long Island, New York. Now, if our listeners want to follow your progress, keep up with your scheduled events, and maybe follow you on social media, keep up with what's going on with you and your career, uh, where can they go to keep up with you and follow along with your progress? So I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then my website, melissafifield.com. So really, they can they can reach me just by searching Melissa Fifield, and they'll find me on any platform, and feel free to reach out, and uh, would love to, love to be able to chat with the fans on there as well. And what are your future plans? Well, what do you hope to accomplish? I'm sure you have a lot more you want to do, so five, maybe five years from now, what, where do you hope to be? So I would love to be able to race in the truck series, but... Being in the tour now for eight years, I want to continue this. I mean, I, I love modified. So if I can keep growing, you know, my team and obtaining more brand partnerships to just become more competitive, I would just, that's, that's a, you know, real goal for me to keep growing. And I, I want to race till I'm like 60, 70. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa Fifield, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck to you in the rest of the season in the, in the Wheel and Modified Tour Series. And hopefully we'll catch up with you down the road and keep up with your progress. And you always are welcome back to the program anytime, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on and hope to speak with you soon. This is Alan Kavana. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here into the program for the first time. Joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio, born and raised in Anderson, South Carolina, at just the tender age of 18, already tearing things up in the Cars Tour series. So let's head on over to the 
Food Depot hotline and welcome in short track driver from Anderson, South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Jansen March Breaks. Mr. March Banks, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio for the first time of hopefully many appearances on the program. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us this week here on the program, sir. Hey, man, absolutely. I greatly appreciate you guys having me on and uh, really looking forward to to being on the program and um, talking to you guys and chatting about some racing. Yes, sir. At the tender age of 18, you are in the Cars Tour Series right now, currently driving. But before we talk about what's going on with you right now and what the future holds for you, let's talk about where it all started for you at Jansen. Uh, Tell us a little bit about where the bug bit you to get into this great sport. Funny how it all started. It it really happened pretty quick. Uh, My dad come home one day from work and said, hey, do you want to race go-karts? And I said, well, yeah, let's do it. Uh, We've always had the need for speed as a family. So uh, (laughs) we started out racing dirt oval go-karts, run with a guy named Justin McDonald in those dirt oval go-karts and won a championship, two championships, and uh, made my way up through the ranks in go-karts. And that's kind of where it all started, where um, I got the itch for speed and, and just wanted to get my foot in the door in the racing world. Now, did your family come from a racing background, or was it your dad just came to you one day and said, hey, do you want to try to race go-karts? Was it was it something that he did as a youngster, or how, how did that love for racing kind of grow for him as well? Absolutely. So my dad, he actually didn't race when he was younger. I'm actually a first-generation race car driver. My dad has always built hot rods and uh, fast cars like and, and stuff like that, but he's actually never been into the uh, round track stuff. He's always liked going fast he's always like racing he used to go to the nascar races and stuff like that and so he wanted to get me involved with it and said you know he thought i would really like it and taking pretty good love to it i really do enjoy it 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 keeps me occupied and it's a great sport so that's kind of how it all come about how does the rest of the family feel about when you started doing this when your dad said let's try this out how will the rest of the family handle that news man i tell you my uh my papa and my mimi they all used to come with us and a lot of our family did they Mom was on board. She was a little nervous, a little scared at first, just because in the go-kart stuff, you're not straight, and it's very dangerous. So we uh, took off and, and went to our first race, I think somewhere in August of 2015, and, you know, it just progressed from there. Speaking with uh, Jensen Marchbanks here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio, currently driving in the uh, Cars Tour Series. So let's talk about your, uh, your history so far in the Car Tour Series. You've got three races that are under your belt. You're going to be racing this weekend at the Goodyear All-American. So uh, tell us a bit about the season so far, as, as far as the three races you've been in. Tell us about the season so far and, and what you hope to accomplish this year in the Cars Tour Series. Yeah, man. Um, so we're running for Rookie of the Year in the Cars Tour this year. We had some tough luck at Caraway, bounced back at Hickory, had an 11th place finish, which was a pretty good finish. We come up through the field and just ran out of time there at the end to, to you know, get inside the top 10. And then last week at Greenville had some tough luck. I think we still ended up finishing 16th or something. But, you know, had a little bit of a, a rough start. We had some good runs, um, you know, or had a good run at Hickory and stuff like that. So uh, really thankful for that. But, you know, really just would be nice to win the Rookie of the Year this year, the championship. And, man, just really want to go out and, and run good, run inside the top ten all year as much as we can, top five, and, and win some races would be awesome. You know, in this series, um, there's a lot of uh, tough competition. And this is by far the best late model stock touring series there is. You got the best of the best. These guys are, are going to be at your Martinsville races and, and Southern National for 50000 at the end of the year. So you kind of get a jump running with them all year, kind of how everybody races. And, and the competition level you're going to be expecting when you go to races like Martinsville and Southern National, we're already preparing for it because we are running the course tour. One of the, uh, like I said, one of the best series going right now. Jack and Keeley do an awesome job. So uh, 
you know, really would like to, to go out and win some races this year would be awesome, man. Now, being a rookie in this series, it's always difficult to be a rookie in any series because you're learning the program, you're learning the drivers, you're learning how, and also gaining respect from the other drivers in the series. So as far as that goes, dealing with some of the veterans and some of the people who have been in the series for a while, how's that been like as a rookie to get maybe some advice or, or is there anyone who's kind of taking you under their wing a little bit to, to kind of help you out as far as being a rookie in the car tour series? Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, coming in as a rookie, you got to stand your ground. All of these guys in the car store, man, they race with with the utmost respect. And, you know, I've been around veterans like Justin Johnson and Bobby McCarty, and they've raced me with with a lot of respect. So coming in, in like you said, in any kind of um, series coming in as a rookie, it's tough. But, but like I said, they race with, with the utmost respect. And moving into talking to guys, I've talked to guys like Mike Looney and, and stuff like that, but mainly rely on my crew chief, um, Jay Hedgecock, for advice as far as, um, you know, different tracks we go to because he used to run modifieds and he's run a, a lot of races um, at these tracks up here in North Carolina. So he has got a lot of experience at these tracks, like I said, because he has raced at them. So I look I look up to him, you know, for advice and, and uh, he's always, you know, helping me out and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's very cool to, to have him under my wing to as a crew chief to kind of rely on because of how much knowledge he does have. And, and you know, he's been in racing a lot of years, so nice to have that for sure and it's not cheap to be able to do this i mean you need a lot of help a lot of dollars and you've got some great sponsors who are helping you out throughout the year uh i want to give you an opportunity to recognize those sponsors who help you out and making sure you're at the track at every race uh during the cars tour series this year yeah absolutely man so door tech llc it's uh actually a family company that's my dad's company that's who i work for that's my main sponsor door tech llc and then we have lab tech diagnostics that that helped us some this year and drastic impact they do my website they and they help us out um and then i also have kicking asphalt that comes and blogs all the races and and you know helps me a lot with the media stuff the media side of things and you got to thank him as well boo carlisle so really looking forward to uh the rest of the year and we got some great partners you know anybody out there that that's looking for a young driver to sponsor that was represent your company well and you want to see run good and have some success i'm your guy man I, i'm really humble and and really thankful for this opportunity just to be out there racing a lot of kids don't get to experience this so um anybody that that's wanting to get your decal on a race car just let me know um i got my social channels are jansen marchbanks 10 on instagram jansen marchbanks on facebook or jansen marchbanks racing if you, if you do have any questions just feel free to, to inbox me or dm me but really looking forward to the rest of the year and also got to thank hedgecock racing for supplying such a good car um robbie white racing engines all my family that supports me just everybody that goes into this because it's, it's not just a one person thing it, it takes a team well uh, jansen we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week on southern racing radio sir we look forward to having you on throughout the rest of the season uh, keeping us up to date on your progress in the cars tour series and of course uh beyond that hopefully the future is bright for you uh you're definitely still a young man and still a lot of work to probably do, I'm sure of. Uh, Mr. Marchbanks, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Good luck to you on the rest of the season. We'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. Thanks, sir. Thank you guys for having me, and I appreciate it. Hey, this is Dennis Fitfire, president of Richmond International Raceway, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie as we wrap up this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And once again, thanks to our great guest who joined us this week, of course, Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network, driver in the NASCAR Wheeland Series, Melissa Fifield, and also driver in the Cars Tour Series, Jansen Marchbank. So thanks to all those great guests for joining this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And if you want to listen to those great interviews or any of our past episodes, 
of Southern Race Week Radio. You can check out the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. This uh, week's episode will be available for you on Monday. Just head on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Go there, go to the search, type in Southern Race Week, and uh, make sure you find us and subscribe to the podcast as well. We really appreciate that. So every time a new episode is available for you, we'll get a notification and uh, to let you know that it's up and ready to listen to. Also, you can check us out on our social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio, or you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And you always get the latest in racing news and information via our Twitter page and our Facebook page as well. And uh, also we got an email address. So if you're an up and coming driver, want to get some uh, exposure here on Southern Race Week Radio, always feel free to reach out. Or even if you want to drop a comment about the show, let us know what you think about the program, about the podcast, anything that is going on. You can always email us at srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. So we appreciate all the great emails that we receive every single day. And of course, we go through every one of them and read and respond back. So we really appreciate all you loyal fans and listeners out there who tune in weekly to the Southern Race Week Radio radio show along with the podcast as well. So please enjoy the rest of your weekend and hopefully WB will be back with us next week as he continues to uh, recover from laryngitis. So hopefully we'll, we'll have him back on the program next week. Either way, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch back up with you next week here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.